And welcome to episode 111 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again. On today's episode, Christian Yelich secures the bag, and we have a finals preview tonight. The Bucks versus the Lakers. All that and much more here on episode 111 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then be sure to head over to YouTube and give me all your takes right down below in the comment section. Give me all your takes so I can read them off live on the next episode of the Get More Sports Podcast. Got a couple from Denmark. This is a great channel. Watch it every day. Thanks a lot, Denmark. And then Elk says, everyone should speak out on the disgrace. This lives forever unless the title is vacated. They're going to have a well-earned entire season of hell. Spencer Stevens says, A-Rod's the last person that should be calling out cheaters, but he was spot on with his comments. Good stuff. And the B says, A-Rod has a better PR team than the Houston Astros. So head over to the channel. Give me your comments so I can read them off in the show. But we've got a jam-packed show for you guys. Lots to get into. So let's get right into it. It's showtime. Are you ready? Let's get it on. The Brew Crew get a major commitment. Christian Yelich has committed long-term to the Milwaukee Brewers. Let's We're going to break down the deal. Ken Rosenthal, he broke the story. He tweeted out yesterday, breaking Yelich, Brewers, close on a $200 million plus deal. Sources tell The Athletic he would follow that tweet up with. Sources confirm Joel Sherman report on terms of Yelich extension. Seven years in the $190 million range on top of remaining two years at $26.5 million. Club option for 2022 will be eliminated. Deal also will include deferrals. Christian Yelich is 28 years old. He's currently owed $12.5 million this season and $14 million next season with a $15 million club option. His new deal is going to completely eliminate that club option and add seven years, bringing the total value to the $215 million range. So if you remember, he signed that seven-year $49.57 million deal. So he was a very affordable player. You got great value from Christian Yelich, who's been a top five player, an MVP winner, and one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball. And now if you look at this deal, some of the money will be deferred, and the average annual value for those seven years would be in the $27 million range. So that's still below market value for a player of Yelich's caliber. And look, as far as I'm concerned, nobody's in Mike Trout's category. Mike Trout, he's the biggest fish in the sea, but right after Mike Trout, you've got those elite players, the Christian Yelich types, the Cody Bellingers, the Mookie Betzes, the Francisco Lindors, and Yelich has been dominant over the last three years. Since he got to Milwaukee, if you look at him last year, he averaged 329, hit 44 home runs, 30 stolen bases in 130 games. He leads Major League Baseball ball with a 327 batting average since the start of the 2018 season and he's second in on-base percentage and slugging percentage. So Christian Yelich, he's an elite player and look, Christian Yelich could have been a back-to-back MVP winner. Before he fractured his kneecap, he was leading the National League in batting average at 329, on-base percentage at 429, and slugging percentage at 671. Now the question is, was this the right move for Christian Yelich and the Milwaukee Brewers? Well, let's look at it 
First, from the Brewers' standpoint, the Milwaukee Brewers, the largest contract they've ever given out previously was Ryan Braun's $105 million deal that runs through the end of this season. If you look at their offseason, they were set to pay Grandal and Moustakis, but they cut payroll. Grandal, he signed a four-year, $73 million contract with the White Sox, and Moustakis, he signed a four-year, $64 million deal with the Reds. To me, if you look at last year, a lot of people like to dog that Bryce Harper deal. Bryce Harper has already generated more than $60 million in revenue for the Philadelphia Phillies in one year. That's through revenue, through sales, through ticket sales. So if you look at a name like Christian Yelich, who's going to be the face of your franchise for more than a decade now, to me, you're going to see that pay dividends. You're going to see fans come out to the ballpark, and a lot of fans around Major League Baseball, especially small market fans, applaud this move by the Milwaukee Brewers. Look, just look at the Cleveland Indians. They don't want to pay Francisco Lindor, but the Milwaukee Brewers are saying, hey, we've got a transcendent superstar. We've got a guy that could have easily won back-to-back MVPs, a consistent player, a player that hits for average. Hey, a guy that hits with this type of average, you know he's going to age better than a slugger that just hits home runs. So if you look at it, it's a six-year, $174 million extension. From age 31 to 36, he'll be getting around $29 million a year, but it's how you look at it. You're getting Christian Yelich on a nine-year, $215 million deal. On the open market, this is a guy that would get about $300 to $400 million. He committed to the crew, and yes, maybe you don't want to pay a guy $29 million in his age 36 season, but hey, that is the price you pay for the face of your franchise, for a transcendent superstar, and that really is what Christian Yelich is. He's one of the elite players of this generation, and of course you got guys, the big fear is that he turns out to be an Albert Pujols, or Robinson Cano, a Prince Fielder, guys like that, guys that did not work out, a Miguel Cabrera, but that is the price you pay for a superstar in Major League Baseball. Here's Christian Yelich on committing to the crew. Uh, I'm really glad that I am able to spend uh, the foreseeable future here, um, the rest of my career as a Milwaukee Brewer. Uh, you know, I've said many times that I've only been here for, for two years, but it feels like uh, it's been a lot longer. And ever since I came here, it just felt like a, a natural fit, a place that was great for myself and, and my family. And then the 2018 MVP got a little emotional when talking about all the people that helped him get here. Um, that's what makes today special, too. There's been a lot of people that um, made my life a priority over theirs at times, and um, it's just a cool day. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> hey, I'd be a little emotional, too, if I signed an extension like that. But Christian Yelich, not to worry. Just use a couple hundred-dollar bills as Kleenexes because Christian Yelich is rich. And there's some people out there that are saying that, hey, maybe the reason why he didn't wait until he was a free agent and why he signed this extension was maybe he was involved in sign-stealing. You know the Houston Astros said there were about eight other teams that were involved in these nefarious activities. And you remember this incident with Christian Yelich and you Darvish earlier this season. So take a look at this at bat. Yelich versus Darvish. Yelich 4 for 11 all time against you Darvish with a solo home run. He said to take the pitch. All of a sudden, he kind of just looks to the outfield right here. Very subtle. You Darvish steps off the mound. What was Christian Yelich looking at? Hey, maybe someone's holding up a sign from the ESPN, the body issue that Christian Yelich did. We're going streaking. 
through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody! Who knows, but I don't think there's anything there. Of course, he got into it with you, Darvish, and he told him on Twitter, he said, hey, nobody needs to steal signs against you. So, of course, I thought that rumor was ridiculous. You're not going to get any Christian Yelich slander from me, but just look at Milwaukee right now. Three of the generational superstars playing in Milwaukee. Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers, Giannis Antetokounmpo with the Milwaukee Bucks, and now Christian Yelich with the Brewers. So congratulations, Christian Yelich. I think you should buy the whole city of Milwaukee beers tonight. Tonight, beers on Yelly tonight in Milwaukee. got the biggest weekend of the regular season in the NBA. The Los Angeles Lakers, they take on the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. The Lakers, top seed in the Western Conference. They're sitting at 47 and 13. The Milwaukee Bucks, best record in the NBA at 53 and 9. So much riding on tonight's game. Can LeBron show LeBron out time. and make his case for the MVP? Well, according to LeBron, he doesn't value being the most valuable player. Regular season MVP has never motivated me. Um, to be the best, to be the best to ever play the game has motivated me and has resulted in me being able to be league MVP a couple times. But I've never gone into the season saying, okay, league MVP is what I want to be. I've gone into the season saying, okay, I want to be the MVP of this team. I want to be the best player in the world. And uh, So I believe LeBron James when he says that because LeBron understands the purple and gold standard now. With the Los Angeles Lakers, it's all about winning championships. It's not about winning a Maurice Podolov trophy. It's about winning a Larry O'Brien trophy. And the last thing LeBron James wants to do is look up at the Raptors and see all those great names and know that he didn't win a championship. Yes, Elgin Baylor, he didn't win a ring with the Lakers, but everyone else did, and LeBron understands that. Now, can LeBron make a case for the MVP? If you look at LeBron James, he's having a phenomenal year, leads the league in assists, and MVP a lot of times is about narrative. A couple years ago, James Harden, he was having a great season, but Russell Westbrook, he averaged a triple-double. Also, he took over the Thunder franchise that Kevin Durant left. So the narrative was, hey, Russell Westbrook becomes the first guy to average a triple-double since Oscar Robertson. Oh, and then he helps this franchise that lost their franchise play player and gets them to the playoffs well with LeBron James you have to consider he's 35 years old and he's carried this franchise through the Kobe Bryant tragedy will that mean something when they vote for MVP now in most seasons I would say yes that's a factor but the Greek freak has been so freakishly dominant this year I don't think it's going to matter if you look at Giannis on the year he's averaging 29.6 points per game 5.8 assists and 13.8 rebounds in 30 minutes of play. 30 minutes to get those numbers. If you look at his per 36 numbers, Giannis is averaging 34.6 points per game, 16.1 rebounds, and 6.7 assists. That's his per 36 averages. So if he was playing in the fourth quarter, we might be seeing one of the best seasons of all time. But now what they're able to do is they're able to preserve him and keep him fresh for the postseason. So I don't really don't think it's going to be close. Giannis is so out in front of LeBron James right now. Now, it's a historically great season. Now, hey, we'll see what happens tonight. Maybe tonight, Giannis, he has another clunker like he did against the Miami Heat, and maybe LeBron does something special.
spectacular. Who knows? Maybe LeBron has a 50-point game tonight. Maybe he sets a new career high. Remember, his career high is 61 that he set in 2014 against the Hornets. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think even if LeBron has a great game tonight, Giannis has been so dominant all season long. So if you just look at their overall impact, right now Giannis Antetokounmpo, his real plus minus is at 7.60. LeBron is second at 6.72. If you look at their overall impact, when you look at wins, you got to go with Giannis. When you go with stats, you go with Giannis. And then you go with overall defense, Giannis Antetokounmpo, in my opinion, he's the best defensive player in the NBA. Only thing LeBron has is his age. LeBron is 35, and the narrative could be, hey, how many years left can LeBron win this award? He's got four. He wants to tie MJ. Should we give it to LeBron? But other than that, it's really Giannis's award. Hey, the Riders have messed up awards in the past. Just look at Steve Nash stealing MVPs from Shaq and Kobe. So Bruh. they've messed up the award in the past. But right now, you have to give it to Giannis Antetokounmpo. But if I'm LeBron James, I don't even make an MVP push. I don't try to go out there, put up stats, just get these wins, get the rest, especially if you run away with the Western Conference because, hey, don't worry about the Maurice Podoloff Award. Worry about the Bill Russell Award, the Bill Russell NBA Finals MVP because if LeBron doesn't get a championship, his time in Los Angeles will be considered a failure. I know that's tough, but that's just the standard of the Los Angeles Lakers. And this is no slight to King James. LeBron's having a phenomenal season, but sometimes you get guys that are having once-in-a-career seasons, and that's what Giannis is having. Look, there was a lot of great movies that came out in 1973, but no one was winning Best Picture over The Godfather. And Giannis knows LeBron's having a great year. The Greek freak has nothing but respect for the king. It's, it's amazing. Um, obviously, I think how old is 35? 35 and uh, playing the high level. Helping him win, and um, he just leads the path, the path for us. You know, a lot of times we think that okay, we're going to retire at 35, but seeing a guy at 35 being still top three best player in the world, you know, that makes us want to be there. You know, like makes me want to be, you know, there one day. So I keep taking care of my body, um, eating the right way, um, being healthy, and. Um, you know, he, as I said, he paved the way, and hopefully we can we can just follow. Now the next question is, who does tonight's game impact more? Is it the Lakers or is it the Bucks? Well, my answer might surprise you because most people would say the Lakers. The Lakers, they're one in five against elite competition. The Bucks, they're five and one against elite competition. Well, the Bucks have also come off a bad loss from the Miami Heat, and they also play in the Eastern Conference. A lot of people caught the Eastern Conference, so I think the Bucks have a lot to prove tonight too. And look, the Lakers almost beat the Bucks back on December 19th. It was 111 to 104, and the Bucks don't win that game if Giannis doesn't hit five threes. Giannis went crazy from beyond the arc. That's not going to happen tonight. So I still think the Lakers have not peaked this season. I don't care if you want a hot take from me. I'm not going to go out there and say, oh, if the Lakers don't win these next two games, there's no way they're going to win the NBA Finals. The reality is they haven't integrated Deion Waiters or Markeith Morris yet. They're still a work in progress, even though they're 47-13. and 13, And I still think the Los Angeles Lakers, they're in a great spot. But the Milwaukee Bucks, their win differential this year is plus 12 a plus 12.2 win differential 
for the Milwaukee Bucks. Every team in NBA history that has a plus 12 win differential has gone on to win the NBA Finals. But if I'm the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm constantly reminding myself that this best record thing isn't everything. Last year, 60 wins didn't even get to the Finals. The 2016 Warriors, best record ever, 73-9. They didn't beat the Cavaliers. So it's not always about the win totals in the regular season. So I think the Bucks win tonight, but I think the Lakers win in June. And of course, we got to give you our Houston Astros update. Today, you had Jose Altuve. He was leaving the field, and a fan went in on Jose Altuve. Jose! Where's your buzzer? Where's your buzzer? Where's your buzzer, Jose? So I'm telling you, either the Houston Astros are going to develop a skin thicker than Jim Crane's head, or they're going to snap. One of these days, Jose Altuve or Carlos Correa, they're going to snap at one of these fans because they're just getting started, and it's going to get ugly. But today, Colin McHugh, the former Astros pitcher, he only pitched two games with the Houston Astros in the 2017 postseason. He said that the Astros pitchers didn't do the right thing and weren't brave. He told reporters at Boston Red Sox spring training today, you've got to be willing to stick up for what you believe in and what you believe is right and what you believe is wrong. And I think a lot of the guys on that team, including myself, are looking back now and wishing we had been as brave in the moment as we thought we were beforehand. To put myself in the shoes of the guys who pitched against us in 2017 and to know that our hitters made that job that much harder that year, it's hard to swallow. And I feel for them and I understand the anger and I understand when people are mad and pissed off. I get it. I've been there. I know what it feels like to be out there and feel like a team has your signs. It's a lonely place. Sign stealing is universally across the board bad for pitchers and we know that. It made our jobs harder and we truly believed or we were made to believe that it was happening to us too and we don't know if that was true or not. But that's not justification for doing anything. Just because you think they're doing it is not justification for doing something you know is not right. So if you're sick and tired of talking about the Astros, we're sick and tired of the fact they still have the World Series ring, that they still have the World Series trophy, and they're going to be talking about the Astros all season long. When I say they, I mean people like myself, people all over the sports world are going to be talking about the Astros every time they get trolled, every time they get hit by a pitch, as they continue this shame tour. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, the Twitter handle, the Astros Shame Tour, they tweeted out yesterday, the baseball gods gave us a Sign. Honor and recognize the 2017 World Championship team that recorded 101 regular season wins. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2017 World Series Championship pennant.
And you see that black tarp. Hey, it's symbolic of the black cloud that's going to be hovering over this Astros organization for a long, long time. And you see that black tarp. It's saying, hey, I'm not getting off this thing. You don't deserve this. That little golden flag was embarrassed to even be out there. It was just holding on to that black tarp for dear life. And you remember the guy at the beginning, he said, hey, the Houston Astros, they recorded 101 wins. Oh, hell yes, they did. They recorded it using a camera station in the center field wall. So, hey, the Houston Astros, they continue to get trolled. They continue to get heckled. And, look, I'm sick and tired of talking about the Houston Astros. I'm tired of shaming them. I'm done with it. Oh, wait, no, I'm not. We'll probably talk about them again on Monday. But before we wrap, I want to hit you with the Kentmore Sports Fact of the Day. Did you know that the much maligned Bill Buckner, you know, under the legs Bill Buckner in the 1986 World Series, he had more hits than Ted Williams. He had 2,715 hits. Ted Williams, 2,654 hits. But, of course, Ted Williams, a 344 career batting average. Buckner, a career 289 career batting average. But that is going to do it for episode 111 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And be sure to head over to YouTube and give me all your takes right down below in the comments section. You guys have been lighting up those comments, so I'm going to keep reading them off live on the Get More Sports Podcast. But I hope you guys have a great weekend. Watch all the sports. See you guys Monday, and I'm out.